Hello again, and welcome back to the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Brenniger, and today we are going to be talking about sexuality. This is a very interesting song off of Prince's Controversy album that comes across as one way to the casual listener or somebody who isn't really paying attention, but uh, there's a lot going on in this song, and I felt like it was important for me to add a guest for this episode, and I uh, asked Erica Thompson if she could join me on an episode, and she picked sexuality, and it totally makes sense based on what she writes about in her own in her own personal blog, which is a purple day in December, and I will let Erica talk a little bit about that here in a second. But I just wanted to thank everybody who's been with me on this journey so far through Prince's catalog. We've covered everything off of For You, Prince, and Dirty Mind. We're working through the Controversy album, and uh, hopefully everybody's enjoying what you've been listening to thus far, and got a lot of long ways to go. <laughs> Let's just put it that way, but I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you are too. So I just wanted to thank everybody again for your feedback and for listening. So I wanted to welcome Erica Thompson to the show. Hi, Erica. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm happy to have you on the show for the very first time. So Erica has joined us to talk about Sexuality, which is the second track on Prince's Controversy album. But before we get started talking about Sexuality, since you're new to the show, Erica, would you mind giving the listeners a brief bio about yourself and let everyone know what you're up to and maybe how to get a hold of you and check out what you're doing, Prince-related? Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm Erica, and I uh, am a journalist in Ohio. I work for an alt-weekly publication, and I freelance for a couple others. But I'm also working on a book on Prince's spiritual journey. I have been for almost 10 years now. And um, I'm basically tracing his journey from birth uh, to his passing and the many phases that he went through. And so you can learn about that at a apurpledayindecember.com, where I I also write um, blogs and do interviews sometimes outside of the realm of spirituality, but spirituality is my main focus. Great. Yeah, I've definitely checked out your writings and I enjoy what you do. So I, I'm happy to have you here. Talk about Prince. Thank you. So sexuality is the song that we're talking about. And while you have a very um, heavy focus on your writings with Prince and spirituality, this is going to be an interesting conversation, and I think it's a great great one for you to uh, join us on because there's obviously some parallels that can be made between uh, sexuality and spirituality, and Prince has been making those parallels for the vast majority of his career, especially early on. And obviously with a song off of Controversy, just four years into his career, this is an early example of where he does this, and um, I, I have a feeling that you will have some unique and probably uh, insightful discussions on this topic as we go through the lyrics of sexuality. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I do. Hopefully they're not too weird, but I mean, <laughs> Prince, Prince is a master at mixing sexuality and spirituality, and you really can't talk about one without talking about the other, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, the weirder the better as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, let's bring it on. <laughs> I have no problem getting weird. So Sexuality was never released as a single in the United States, although uh, it, I believe it was released as a single. It was released in a couple of European countries, Germany and Austria. And there was a music video recorded for this, this song. It wasn't a video that ever received any kind of airplay on MTV, 
Um, I mean, even if it would have been released in the United States at that time, it was probably unlikely to be receiving or would have received MTV airplay just due to, um, you know, Prince being a black artist and they weren't really playing videos from black artists at that time. So you might have had to catch it on a different uh, avenue. But when the Prince estate started releasing those music videos uh, a year or two ago, and it was the first time I had ever seen this music video. I don't know if you'd ever caught it before, Erica. No, I think I'm right with you there. Um, I hadn't, I wasn't familiar with it before they started releasing them. Yeah, so it's kind of cool that it exists, and there was still stuff out there for us to to check out. But and and the thing that's striking about this song is the way it starts. You've got that uh, amazing print scream. I mean, you can't talk about sexuality, the song without mentioning how Prince starts it off screaming, and not just once, not just twice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, each one of those screams gets more, I guess, orgasmic in sound. Like he goes, the first one's very kind of brief, and then towards the very end, he adds a little inflection to it, and then it echoes off, and that's how the song starts. So right off the bat, you're getting you know, a very uh, unique sound and something that is extremely striking and giving you a sense for what this, where this song might lead. And uh, I, for me, that's, it, the, the screams at the beginning of sexuality are super important to kind of setting the tone for the song. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I think I feel like someone has ranked his screams somewhere <laughs> online. <laughs> I'll have to Google that. But I, I guess I have to spend some time thinking about um, how I would rank it. But yeah, it's just when it comes on like that, you don't know what you're about to get. And I really wish I could like go back in my memory of the first time hearing this song to know how I reacted to it. But I can't. Um, but yeah, it definitely sets the tone for sure. Yeah, that sounds like something uh, Prince's Friends YouTube channel has done. <laughs> I, feel like <laughs> exactly. I feel like I've seen it on there before. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, but the video is cool. It's just another performance video. He has a lot of those, um, you know, during the Dirty Mind through 1999 era. I mean, well, even, you know, before that, the Prince album has a couple of performance videos as well. And that was just what what he did. And um so for for me, I'm looking at this song. I'm not immediately making a connection between sexuality and spirituality. It's something that I think has to you have to kind of come to it gradually. And if you're not well versed in Prince's um, later career, the music he made in later on in his career, it may not be a connection that one would make or that you would make. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're if you're sure. I thought that he maybe changed the the title. If he performed this song live later on in his career, like in the 2000s, I thought that I read somewhere that he changed it to spirituality. You and are correct. Yeah, it was during the Las Vegas residency that ran from 2006 to 2007. He changed it to spirituality. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, he was... He didn't think the song was worth discarding. Like he must have thought the song had some value uh, many decades later. But then just the fact that he made that switch just kind of tells us what we wanted to come to that conclusion in our heads. Like somewhere in the 90s where that 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 switch happened. I'm sure this was probably a song that um, 
you know, along with some of his other more risque earlier tracks that he probably had no interest in playing again. But then something came to him like, oh, well, I could just change the lyrics to this. And it's still everything else still totally fits. Many lines in the song where looking at it in a 2019 lens and a lot of the lyrics still apply today. And that that's um, a pretty pretty cool thing to um, discover when you're looking at a you know a nearly 40 year old song yeah and I would actually um, argue that I mean the spirituality is buried here as well and if you think about the controversy period as a whole that's where he really starts to introduce um, some heavy Christian imagery I mean we all know the Lord's Prayer is in the title track um, but and then if you look at the cover of um, the controversy album you'll see all the headlines like love thy neighbor and things like that and of course we know about any Christian but then you get into the videos and on the controversy tour where he has crosses and stained glass windows so it's all there and um, my argument is that Prince had been crafting this spiritual philosophy based on sex uh, prior to this like if you think about Dirty Mind and that is to say like in my opinion he's saying that sexual freedom can liberate individuals and therefore society and stop war. And then you can achieve this utopian state. So if you look at songs like Party Up and Uptown, in my opinion, that's the message that he's trying to get across. And I think it's the same message here with sexuality, where he's saying sexuality is all you'll ever need. Let your body be free. We're entering a new age revelation and going to another world. But the difference here is that he's like adding this Christian imagery in it. So in the first part of the song, you hear about the second coming. And, you know, that's a really uh, major concept in Christianity, talking about the coming of Jesus Christ to judge mankind and deliver the righteous. So that's, that's really what makes this song and this whole era, like, really intriguing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the Christian imagery that you bring up is... Um, it hadn't been there before, you know. We really hadn't seen this in Prince's uh, music or any of his visuals up to this point, and and it's not just in a little bit in this album. Like you mentioned, so you cited several examples where it's there, and uh, this is just all on one album, you know. And then it continues on throughout his career, but this is the first real examples of that. And it's not like you said, not just one. There's there's several of them. So if we go start going through the verse, the first verse of the song, he kicks it off by um, saying, after the screams and you get the music, he goes, stand up, everybody. This is your life. Let me take you to another world. Let me take you tonight. You don't need no money. You don't need no clothes. The second coming, anything goes. So, it's, I mean, the way he sings this very first verse, it almost, it almost sounds to me like he's like an MC at like this, you know, like you envision like at a circus or a fair, like trying to 
get people to come with him. And I, I just have I mean, this visual might be a little out there, but I just have this image of Prince as like this um, this huckster, this MC trying to get people. Come on, everybody. This is your life. Just leave all these material possessions behind. You don't need money. You don't need clothes. Come with me and, and you'll experience something you never experienced before. And I just get this. I don't want to say, um, you know, t- I don't want to get too religious with this particular imagery. So that I used the like the circus example of of an MC trying to get people that are walking you know on the street to to come in come into our circus tent and check out what we've got going on here what kind of imagery do you in, get and see from this from this first uh, verse yeah no I think that's a great uh, image that you just presented there um, I think that fits I mean you said you didn't want to get too religious I mean <laughs> I mean you can you can you can think of him as like um, a pastor or a minister and I think some journalists even like called him a freak in the pulpit. <laughs> I feel like in one of the early articles on him. So it's it's you know he's definitely pre- presenting himself as a leader, and we even have that in the song later when he's talking about a new breed and he wants to be a part of the new breed. So he's definitely um, he wants people to follow him there, as you said. Right. I mean, I you know you could. Since we're going to go there, I guess you could say you could even think of him like uh, in a almost like a like you, well, you said pastor, but almost like a Jesus Christ type um, imagery with this. Like, come join me. You know, I need my 12 apostles. I need <laughs> you know, we, we need we need people to follow me because he's going to lead the people to, like you said, this utopian society through sex. Yeah. And so then he goes right into the chorus after that. Sexuality is all you'll ever need. Sexuality, let your body be free. And, uh, you know, he keeps the chorus really simple. You know, and you're thinking maybe if you're listening to this um, and you're thinking of the lyrics, let your body be free, maybe free from what? Free from just any kind of uh, societal norms, free from you know, any Christian ideals about what sexuality means and just like the historical meaning of of what Christianity was and kind of taking a different approach towards it. And what does that what does that mean? Let your body be free. I guess I, that depends on who who who's listening and who it is that is uh, taking that message. I suppose we all have probably our own shackles and chains that are keeping us um, you know, in, in some sort of bondage, um, not physical, but you know what I mean? You know, like, uh, metaphorical. Yeah. And I, and, um, you know, free to pursue your desires. And, um, you know, later in the song, he says, you know, he talks about the double drags who teach their kids that love is bad. I mean, you can interpret that, that, you know, physical pleasure is taught that, you know, that that is bad. And then later when he talks about if the kids are watching TV and not reading, they'll only know how to breed. And you could read that as like, they'll only know how to procreate but not like enjoy the pleasures of sex too oh yeah good point good point so yeah that that is that is the chorus and he never repeats that chorus exactly how it's done right there at the very beginning but he does repeat the line sexuality is all you'll ever need as that is really kind of the driving home point of the song
The next verse, come on everybody, yeah, this is your life. I'm talking about a revolution we gotta organize. We don't need no segregation, we don't need no race. New age revelation, I think we got a case. And this is the second time, you know, in back-to-back, basically in back-to-back songs on the album where he makes that comment about uh, race and wishing there was no race. And in some cases he says, well, in controversy, he says they wishes there was no black and white. And here he says, we don't need no race. And as I I mentioned in the controversy episode, I, what I feel like he's trying to say is like all these things that, that divide us, um, we don't need it. Let's get rid of all the all of the things that keep us from being together. And if and if that means that we have to wipe away all these uh, preconceived notions of who we are because of race or because of religion or because of sexuality, let's get rid of that. We don't need any of that that bullshit, basically. Um, and of course, we don't need no segregation. That's I feel like you know he's just basically saying that we don't we shouldn't be separated as human beings we're all human beings so let's let's come together in the sexual revolution and anybody can join us yeah i agree with that and then i also want to say because i think like you mentioned in some of these songs around this era a lot of people like go a step further and read it as he's transcending race and, you know, that's not my interpretation of that. Um, he's definitely calling for equality, but I think we have to think about his place in the music industry as a black man. It was very segregated and very racist at that time. And also growing up in Minneapolis where he faced segregation and during the civil rights movement, we hear him talk about that later in songs like The Sacrifice of Victor. Um, so, you know, Prince was very much still centered as a black man, but at the same time, he does want to be treated equally. Yeah, for sure. He wanted to be treated equally, and that was why he very early on was like, I don't want you to, to the record company, to Warner Brothers, don't make me black. That was his quote. And it wasn't like, I don't want to be a black man. He's telling them, don't just play me on black stations. Don't just market me to black audiences. I want to be able to reach as many people as I can. And if you do that, because of the the radio being segregated and because of early MTV being segregated, he knew that if if he was just marketed as a black artist, he was never going to get that reach. And that was obviously a, a legitimate concern for him. And so like in songs like Controversy in here, where he's talking about we don't wish there was no black and white or we don't need no race. I really feel like it's more just we need to, or he wants it to be equal. He wants everybody to be equal because he's not seeing that in his day to day and he's not seeing that in the music industry. And so it's, it's frustrating for him. And, and this is where he feels we as a society need to go. Yep, exactly. So then he goes into the next chorus, which is, very similar to the first chorus, but he says, instead of um, let your body free, he says, I'm okay as long as you are here with me. Then he goes, sexuality is all we ever need. So he repeats the sexuality is all we ever need. As I mentioned, that's kind of like the the summary line. <laughs> you know, that's, if you had to succinctly state what the song is all about in one line, that would be probably the closest you could find. 
But then with the, oh, I'm okay as long as you are here with me, that's the kind of the first time he mentions anything about anybody else. You know, because he talks, he, I feel like whenever he says, this is your life and let me take, let me take you tonight, I feel like he's not talking to anybody specifically. Um, but I guess he could be talking to a broader audience when, it, when he says, I'm okay as long as you are here with me, not you person, but you as, um, you know, the greater you, like all of you. And so that might be one way of interpreting that chorus, you know, as long as he's got people with him, as long as he has people joining him on this journey, he'll be okay, I guess is maybe how I interpret that line. Yeah, I think I am on the same page with you, but that that's the cool thing about Prince is there are so many different layers and interpretations. But yeah, I agree with you. It's like galvanizing people and, you know, come along with me. Yeah, because he mentions everybody early on, so you kind of in, implies that there's multiple people being included in, the, you know, the, the subjects of the song, but then all of a sudden, I'm okay as long as you are here with me. That's usually something you say to a person not a greater group of people but you certainly can be interpreted that way Okay, so then we get to this this hook where he repeats this phrase over and over again just to, you know, to hammer it home and it's it's really quite an interesting phrase. Reproduction of a new breed, leaders stand up, organize. And he repeats that over and over. Reproduction of a new breed, leaders stand up, organize. So this one, uh this this hook and I, you know what? I'm going to ask you, Eric. What do what do you feel about this one? I have some notes on, on myself, but I want to get your take on it first. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I just look at it. I don't go too deep into it, but I look at it as this is a new generation. This is a new worldview. This is a new way of thinking. You know, we we are entering into this new realm where we are going to be sexually free and we're going to break down all of our barriers and all of our differences. So it's a call to that. And I would imagine you're probably going to go there, but he uses the same uh, chant in Rainbow Children later. And um, that is a very religious album. I mean, I mean, it's really couched in Jehovah's Witness doctrine. And the difference between sexuality and that is in sexuality, it's like, let's embrace the flesh, you know, let's embrace our physical desires. Whereas later when he does it in Rainbow Children, it's like, let's embrace God and let's embrace our higher selves. So it's really kind of cool how that comes back. But, you know, back to sexuality, I think it's just a call for a different worldview. Yeah. The, I actually wrote down a uh, call to action, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a call to action. You know, when somebody says stand up, organize, that's not a call to to um be passive that's not saying you know everybody get on your computers and you know write a strongly worded essay <laughs> this is like get up and get out there and and do make you know make a difference make a change and so to you know order to organize getting people with um you know like-minded individuals who can 
get out there and um, make a change. And I think he's, like he said, talking about his generation, talking about a, a generation of people. And uh, and later in the song, as we get to the next, like that spoken interlude, you notice that Prince seems to have like this disdain for the older generation, which is, you know, not uncommon. Every younger generation has distrust and, and a bit of disdain for, for their elders. And uh, he makes it very well known in this next grouping of lines. But I just get this feeling when I'm listening to the song and, and hearing the song, he's really just speaking to members of his own generation. He wants that generation to be more open, more open to sexuality, more open to race, more open to um, gender, just whatever, just be more open, be willing to explore and try new things and quit quit falling in line with what was the societal norms of the forefathers and his parents' generation because he doesn't feel like that is that's working or has worked. Yeah, I think I've seen some um, scholars label this as a as one of Prince's protest songs, and I, I think you could certainly make that argument. I mean, even though a lot of it is about sexuality, but I mean, he mentioned segregation and race, so I think um, you could you could group this with um, his protest songs throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, for a song that's talking about that's labeled sexuality, and he talks about sexuality in the chorus. There's not a lot of sex going on in this song. <laughs> yeah. there, really, there really isn't. The next the next track, Do Me Baby, is obviously significantly more sexual in nature than this song. That's called Sexuality. So, you know, it's it's a bit of a, a misnomer when we're talking about a title and then, ooh, what's this gonna this song's gonna be dirty, right? Well, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not so much. We live in a world overrun by tourists. Flowers on their back. Inventors of the AccuJack. They look at life through a pocket camera. What? No flash again? They're all a bunch of double drags to teach the kids that love is bad. Half of the staff of their brain is on vacation. Mama, are you listening? Alright, so the spoken interlude, uh, this part is just full of like quotable Prince lines. I mean, this is just jam-packed with stuff you can quote and, um, you know, kind of, they're fun little phrases, and but you got to think about it to figure out what he's talking about. And uh, like I said, very quotable. So he says, we live in a world overrun by tourists. Tourists, 89 flowers on their back, inventors of the AccuJack. They look at life through a pocket camera. What? No flash again? They're all a bunch of double drags who teach their kids that love is bad. Half of the staff of their brain is on vacation. <laughs> I just can't get through. I mean, I'm going to stop there. I know there's another whole half of it left, but there's a lot going on in these in these lines here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we live in a world overrun by tourists. Eighty nine flowers on their back. So that took me a while to figure, or do you know, at least come up with an image that I think works. When I was thinking about this line, I you know, I guess. I grew up, I was a kid in the 80s, and uh, I had Hawaiian shirts, because Hawaiian shirts, for a while, there were the style, even though I had never been to Hawaii in my life, and I had never even seen the ocean, but yay, I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, because it was the style, or a style, and so, I don't know, I'm I'm guessing some sort of Hawaiian print, that's yeah. as good as I can get. 
<laughs> I think that does work. Um, I, you know, sometimes I feel like you can't interpret some of what he's saying, like who really, really knows. <laughs> but I think the concept of tourists here, is, at least the way I was thinking about it is, you know, the people with the old way of thinking are tourists in this new world and this new generation. Like they're not of this utopia that Prince is, is um, trying to get everybody on board with. So that's kind of how I took yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Living life through kind of a limited perspective by looking through their pocket cameras. Um, Cause you know, you have a very limited view through the, the view of a, a camera camera lens so you could look at it that way. And then I, the, what I like about this, though, is this this can be absolutely applicable to 2019, to today. Um, they look at life through a pocket camera. So I think that you, you and I, we were both can have seen and experienced those situations where you see people just with their phones out constantly recording everything. And I go to a lot of concerts and... Um, I see a lot of people just recording, you know, minutes and minutes and minutes, entire songs, multiple songs at a time through their camera and they're looking through it. And uh, I've, I've tried doing that before with just 30 seconds or so of video. And I'm like, oh, you know, you almost like you're watching the concert through your phone. And I wonder if that's like kind of what he's trying to get to with this is like you're just looking through everything through a camera lens. You're kind of it's almost like filtered in a way where you're not really experiencing the real event you're filtering it through like a lens and that's that's what i take out of that yeah i think i agree with you and it's almost it's like i almost get chills thinking about how relevant it is to today and i think that's what i appreciate um that prince did like at his shows like where he would ban cell phones or cameras because he really wanted you i mean of course he didn't want footage out there but yeah. he, he wanted he also wanted you to live in the moment and that's you know from every from all the interviews and and things that we've heard is kind of how he lived his life there in the moment and i try to think about that myself when i'm at shows too and not to do too much of that because um yeah it is it is kind of disconcerting to look around and see and see all the phones yeah it's just it's just a little different way of of i mean i don't know how old you are i'm in my 40s now so obviously i had most of my life without cell phones and without the easy access of uh, being able to record things and so while i enjoy and i really appreciate the abilities to do that i also um sometimes don't think of it and like i'm not always thinking like oh i should be recording this because it's just not something that is ingrained in my my dna i guess yeah i agree i'm so i'm 34 and so i bet i did have a moment there when i didn't have all this either and sometimes yeah. I, lo I long for that for sure yeah you're like the last generation <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody just a little bit younger than you has, has no idea what you're talking about <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, I can't I can't skip the inventors of the AccuJack line. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into it. But, I mean, this is basically a male masturbation device. And so he's like, oh, the inventors of this, you know, self-pleasuring device, something that provides pleasure, but you don't need to actually interact with anybody in order to experience sexual gratification. And to Prince in this song, that's just, like, disdainful. Like, ugh. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's not the point, right? That's not the point. <laughs> Even though he would later talk about playing his tambourine, but I guess that's another conversation. <laughs> You're right. That's that's a conversation for the song tambourine. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, so I in a song about sexuality, I think in in getting together and organizing solo sexual adventures isn't really the point in his mind so <laughs> so for him this is kind of like a throwaway invention like why do we need this you know we're just it's just another thing to keep us from interacting and being with each other yeah um the what no flash again i mean you know don't need to get too deep into that it's just basically a nice fun line for him to say oh your your phones are malfunctioning you know the things that you invent um are are backfiring on you all these inventions all these all this technology is backfiring and it's not working for you and then you already mentioned the bunch of double drags who teach their kids that love is bad uh you'd mentioned that earlier about you know um teaching kids and what do we what is the generation at that prince was railing against basically teaching kids that love is bad and that you know you're just going to set them in front of the television as their babysitter you know like the latchkey kids and some of the um i mean that's obviously not a new thing and it's it still exists today except now it's not of so much television as it is um internet but there's still like this uh fear that that television or internet or uh not the parents themselves are raising the children and so what is it that they're being raised on they're being raised on you know violence or um cursing you know uh, and then you know uh, sexual uh sexual natures things that are not uh, of a loving manner but more of just sex for sex sake or you know not having there be any kind of connection emotional connection to go along with the sex and that's where he mentions the all they'll know how to do is cuss fight and breed line yeah, and you know what? It took me, I might have a slightly different interpretation, and it kind of took me a while because I think before I really, really sat down and thought about this song, I was like, well, if this song is all about sexuality, then, you know, why does he care that the kids want to breed, right? But but mm -hmm. then I was like, no, it's, it's deeper than that I, because the way I read it is that, you know, they're taught to just procreate and not it really enjoy sex. And I may be like, even thinking along these lines even more so now because I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale <laughs> right yeah. now. But that's kind of how, how I read it. It's just like very um, clinical, like, you know, that th this is what they learn how to do. Uh, but I could, I mean, that's a very specific interpretation that I have and I could be wrong uh, because yeah. there, are, there are so many, but that's kind of how I'm taking it right now. Yeah, no, and that's that's why I really enjoy having guests on the show because there, to me, there's no right or wrong. So this, and you know, to use the word breed, that is a a very it, ha, it has connotations to reproduction and not so much sex as it is the the act of of creating another life. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, when you're thinking of it, or it makes sense when you say it that way because breed is not a word that's typically used when you're just talking about casual sex or sex for enjoyment it has it has more of a meaning towards um like i mentioned um procreation and and having children kind of in line with what you had mentioned it makes sense that way don't let your children watch television until they know how to read or else all they'll know how to do is cuss fight them no child is bad from the beginning they only imitate 
don't let your children watch television until they know how to read. <laughs> I like that line too. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, you know, he's being very judgy. <laughs> being very judgy about how people raise their kids, but whatever. I mean, he's just basically saying what he feels is like, you know, what is important for kids is that they need to, they need to have the, the ability to learn. And, you know, you, that's how one way, a, a very key way of learning is through reading. At least I believe that, and that's how I was raised. But then again, I'm getting old now, too. So I'm sure that there's way more um, technologically advanced ways to learn that uh, younger people will be like, oh, well, that's the old way. So uh, I get it. I get it. But this is a song written in 1980, 1981. So we have to take it from that standpoint. And television was, you know, kind of the the evil at the time. Um, with all cable television and uh, advancing and all of you know these channels and all of a sudden all these television shows were popping up that had never existed before and all these stations were popping up that never existed before and i think in the late 70s early 80s with the advances of cable television was really kind of a time where people were thinking boy this television thing this is getting a little out of hand (laughs) i mean there's a lot going on here that we can't i have no idea as a parent i wouldn't know necessarily what was constantly on te- on all 80 channels and for me as a parent now i think the same i think less of that as the television but now i think of that on the internet and um so now i would just switch that up now and these days don't let your children on the internet until they know how to read <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yeah i agree with you it's scary to think about i mean i have nieces and yeah, I don't know how my sisters <laughs> control that. But um, also, I do like, you know, I mean, Prince was known to be a, an avid reader throughout his whole life. And like, there are like lists of the books that he read floating around on the internet. So it's it's obviously something that was really important to him. And it's cool to see it mentioned, you know, in his songs throughout his career, too. Yeah, Prince giving uh, parenting advice at a very young <laughs> age. Yeah, <laughs> gotta listen to him. No child is bad from the beginning. They only imitate their atmosphere. If they're in the company of tourists, alcohol, and U.S. history, what's to be expected is three minus three. Absolutely nothing. So, no child is bad from the beginning is a good line because you know, I mean, that's something that I think just about anybody can agree with. I mean, who's really bad besides uh, Damien from The Omen? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the you know the general consensus is that children are you know born uh, very innocent and and um, they only learn their behaviors from watching their people in their environment and watching what goes on in their environment and uh, so he's just you know, kind of reiterating that point they only imitate their atmosphere they only imitate those who they see and who are raising them or you know placed in their presence at a young age. What's to be expected is three minus three. That's always a fun line, too, because that's just a really long, drawn-out way is to say nothing is can be expected of these children that are raised in this way. Um, you can't expect something to, like, uh, I guess, a, a flower to grow out of the, the cement. Example of how he's explaining, you know, child-rearing and talking about how to raise a, a well-balanced, well-formed child. Um, but you can't expect that if you're introducing them and putting them in an environment that isn't conducive to learning. 
you know, like you said, the three minus three, I mean, leave it to Prince. Prince comes up with, like, <laughs> the craziest lines. I mean, they still make sense, but he just always has a funny way of saying it. Like, if we back up a little bit, we didn't mention half of the staff. <laughs> Their brain is on vacation. Oh, yeah. So. Forgot to <laughs> right. So you, you can always count on him for some off-the-wall line, but we still know, you know, what he's talking about. Yeah, half of the staff of their brain is on vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just just a very interesting way to basically say that nothing's going on in their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he repeats the hook then, stand up, organize, reproduction of a new breed, leader, stand up, organize. And as the song kind of starts to uh, fade out, he repeats the lines, sexuality is all you'll ever need. Sexuality, I'm going to let my body be free. So I'm just, I'm kind of pointing out that he's talking about his own body now at this point. Sexuality is all I'll ever need. Sexuality, I'm going to let my body be free. So before he's talking about let your body be free, and then he finished this, finishes the song, making sure that um, we hear him talking about it for himself as well. It's like it's his turn. He's going to let his body be free. It's going to start with him. Prince is going to follow his own advice, so to speak. Yeah, I and you know, and you you kind of pointed that that out through the whole song about how he changes it up. Like first, it's sexuality is all you'll ever need. Then it's sexuality is all we ever need, mm -hmm. and then it's back to sexuality is all I'll ever need. And um, I think that's. I mean, it's just really interesting that he, you know, of course, paid enough attention to do that. And you could probably get into something with the Holy Trinity. I'm not going to go there. Um, but um, it's it's really, I mean, it's real. I love how he uh, changes it up like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, um, it's full circle, you know, you, me, we, it's all full circle. He wants to make sure that it's understood by the listener that he's talking about Everybody, including himself, and if you can't figure that out from the lyrics, he'll he'll reiterate it more than once because it's an important. I think for him, it's an important um, important point to make for this particular song. So yeah, that's uh, sexuality in a nutshell. That's it's very. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to dissect in this song. Um, I mean, just if even if you're like really not into listening to the lyrics, the song is great. I mean, it's it's a fun dance song you can dance to it it's but it's also you can just sit down and just jam out to it there's just a lot of stuff going on in this song musically as well and the way he sings it um, with the screams at the beginning and then how he switches things up throughout with first chorus first but then goes into this chanting hook and then has the spoken interlude with so many quotable lines in it when he does the little interlude i've got that memorized to the point now where i even after watching the video, <laughs> when he does the three minus three, absolutely nothing. He has just those dramatic pauses in there that, um, you know, you don't know what he's about to say. And it's like, oh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, just <laughs> love, I just love the way he sings and speaks those lines in that uh, last half of that song. Um, and he makes, I think it's all very clear. It's very well understood. And that was always kind of a, like an early complaint if I was going to have a complaint on some of Prince's earlier songs is the way he sang them oftentimes was difficult to understand. Uh, it wasn't always super clear what he was saying, but this, to me, this song is pretty crystal clear. I mean, there's, I, I can understand what he's saying throughout. And um, I think that's 
I don't know if that was by design, like he really wanted to make sure that there was no question what was being sung here, that the lyrics were very clear to the listener, or if it's just because he was in, you know, in the, in the voice he was singing and just happened to be that way. But I do appreciate that all the lyrics are very clear because it's, it's a song that you need to hear the lyrics, I think. Yeah. And I just, I think I want to say a couple other things about the song too, regarding religion. And it's something that, you know, I've kind of been working through in my own research. And, you know, I talked about earlier, like the different interpretations and layers of this. And, you know, I think I've kind of hit on maybe four. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, I'll go through them really briefly. But I mean, you could think that this is just about shock value, right? I mean, as we talked about, he's introducing all of this Christian imagery. So let's be blasphemous and get some attention. So I think you could look at it that way. Um, You could also look at it as, you know, the thing about a lot of artists is a lot of them do use Christian imagery in their songs and they're not necessarily religious. So he could be using that to just drive his point home. Like when he talks about this new world that he wants you to go to and the second coming and when, according to Christian theology, when Jesus comes back, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Um, and he could just be using that let me give um, listeners something that they might be familiar with, since this is a Western Christian nation, to mm-hmm. further drive my point home. So that's another interpretation. Um, one is he could be rebelling against organized religion. I mean, he's rebelling a lot against a lot of other societal norms. And it's like, you know, when he says the second coming, anything goes, it almost reminds me of like his, uh, his messages about partying during the apocalypse. Um, So you could interpret it that way. And then finally, um, you could say that Prince really had a genuine belief in Jesus. And, you know, I mean, we know we know he always believed in God. I mean, he thinks God constantly in his liner notes. But I mean, he could really believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. And his guitarist at the turn at the time, Des Dickerson, he said this in his book. And he said this, um, you know, at some public events, too. It's like, he became a born again Christian on the Dirty Mind tour. And he would talk to Prince about his beliefs. And um, he, in his eyes, Prince was genuinely trying to be right in God's eyes. But then he also had this rebellious side and does use the term Dennis the Menace. So, I, I mean, you could look at it, too, as like these are actually Prince's beliefs. He's just incorporating them into this song. So I think, you know, I just wanted to share that because just to show you like how many layers there are and we may never know which one he really wanted to get across, but it's just, this is why Prince's music is so fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I, that's why I think you were maybe the perfect person to have on this episode for sexuality, because this is something you've been diving into with your writing and uh, it's, you know, you're uncovering things that probably a lot of people may not have uncovered just because it's like you said, there's a lot going on in the song inherently already. And so to get, to get to those, make those connections really, you know, you have to be thinking of it from, uh, from, uh, from a Christian and religious standpoint to make some of those connections. And I, the, the Des point you made, is, is very fascinating because I knew Des left shortly after uh, 1999, which was the next album because of, you know, some some issues that he had with the way uh, the songs that Prince was still writing and wasn't making a connection personally with 
some of the actions being taken in the the group and in the lyrics that he would have to sing and along with Prince. And um, but this this album in particular, and this song really kind of shows us that there was a lot of I think internal struggle within Prince to to marry up the two sides of himself, as you mentioned, like the the Christian side, the belief in God, his religious side with just him being a rebel and just being somebody who isn't willing to just kowtow to society's norms. And, and he wanted to be somebody who could be looked at as an innovator and maybe a rabble rouser to an extent, because that was just in his nature. It just came easy for him because that's just who he was. And uh, the, the two sides don't always get along, but he tried really hard, especially on this album and in this song, I think. Yeah. And I, you know, I always try to think about the power and responsibility artists probably know that they have, especially someone on Prince's level. So it's like, of course, he's thinking about what message am, am I putting out here? Is this, is this right? You know, am I putting something out into the world that's going to be negative or positive? And um, so I try to put myself in his shoes sometimes because I'm sure he felt great responsibility. Mm, absolutely. Well, I think we probably covered sexuality to as much as we possibly can, Erica. I, I thank you very much for, for joining me and for um, offering your wonderful insight. Thank you. I really, really appreciate um, the opportunity and um, look forward to hearing um, the other guests, too. Yeah, great. Excellent. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. Also my co-host, I wanted to give a big shout out to Erica Thompson. Check out her work at purpledayindecember.com. If you'd like to get a hold of me for whatever reason, you just wanted to say hi or just um, give me some feedback on any of the episodes that I've recorded thus far, uh, pressrewind.net would be a good place to start. But I can also be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the Press Rewind Prince Lyric Podcast name. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. I sure enjoyed recording it. And until next time, thank you very much. I'm gonna let my body be free. Is all I ever need Sexuality I'm gonna let my body be free